Episode 49, Genesis 16, verses 1 to 6. In defense of Abram and Sarai. In this passage, we are entering into a foreign and ancient culture, and we need to adapt to it, or we'll end up finding fault where there is no fault. If the Bible does not condemn an action, neither should we. Instead, we should accept it at face value and attempt to learn from it and not point fingers and act as if our values are so much more dignified. First one. Sarai, Abram's wife, had no children. She had a slave girl from Egypt named Hagar. At this point, Abram is now 85 and Sarai is 75. They've probably been married for at least 50 years and maybe even longer. It's pretty evident to them that Sarai is barren and won't have children. Hagar's name means flight, which is closely related to the term the sojourner. We can make the logical assumption that the Egyptian maidservant came into Abram's home at the time they were in Egypt. If you remember what happened down there, Sarai was taken into Pharaoh's home in order to become his wife. This happened because he didn't know Sarai was Abram's wife. When Pharaoh took her in, he gave Abram a great deal for her, including servants. Hagar is probably one of those servants. After coming into their home, they named her Hagar, as this is a Hebrew, not an Egyptian name. Verse 2. Sarai said to Abram, Look, the Lord has not allowed me to have children, so have physical relations with my slave girl. If she has a child, maybe I can have my own family through her. Abram did what Sarai said. At 75, Sarai finally decided that she probably wasn't going to have children, and she certainly wanted them as much as Abram expected them. He had been given a promise, and she couldn't fulfil it. And so, using the customs of the day, she does the natural thing one would expect. Hagar belonged to her, solely and entirely. She was her possession, and anything that Hagar worked for, or any children she had, would be the possession of Sarai. Therefore, the child would belong to her as much as to Abram. The term Sarai uses here when she said, perhaps I shall obtain children by her, is a word which means to build or lay a foundation. In other words, she's looking to establish the house of Abram through this union between him and Hagar. After making the proposition to him, the Bible records, and Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. Verse 3. This was after Abram lived ten years in Canaan, and Sarai gave Hagar to her husband, Abram. Hagar was her slave girl from Egypt. Sarai took Hagar by the hand and led her into Abram's tent, and grabbed his hand and placed it on Hagar's. The two are joined in a rite that had probably been conducted many times in the land, and would have been perfectly acceptable to everyone around them. It was a union without scandal. The same thing happens in various cultures even to this day, and we can't look down on them for it. We need to remember that it is their culture and their tradition. What we see as abnormal is, to them, a regular part of their society in which they live. Verse 4. Abram had physical relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. When Hagar learned she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress Sarai badly. No sooner had Hagar conceived 
then she began to act harshly towards her mistress Sarai. Hagar was probably much younger than Sarai. At this point in the narrative, most Bible scholars say that what's happening is a direct result of the mischief that had been conducted in the whole affair, as if there is blame on both Abraham and Sarai for doing what they've done. But this is a very poor analysis of the situation, particularly considering the culture and circumstances. The fault rests not in Abraham or Sarai, but in Hagar's grabbing at the chance to usurp Sarai. And later, in the Bible, we see Solomon's words about this exact situation. For three things the earth is perturbed. Yes, for four it cannot bear up. For a servant when he reigns, a fool when he is filled with food, a hateful woman when she is married, and a maid servant who succeeds her mistress. Proverbs 30 verses 21-23 The earth simply cannot bear up under the injustice which has occurred because of Hagar's actions. Abram, as the head of the household, will have to act judiciously in order to keep things from spiralling out of control. Verse 5 Then Sarai said to Abram, This is your fault. I gave my slave girl to you, and when she became pregnant, she began to treat me badly. Let the Lord decide who is right, you or me. Sarai, at this point, is letting her emotions rule the day, and she blames Abram for what's happening. According to the account, she is the one who initiated the action and set the entire thing up. Hagar is her property and at her disposal. But as soon as things go wrong, she turns around and blames him. Truth be known, he probably didn't even know what was going on, because Hagar is her maid. He would be completely uninterested in whatever they were doing. But in an almost hysterical note, Sarai exclaims, The Lord judge between you and me. Unfortunately, this is exactly the type of situation that causes grief in families, friendships, and even between nations. Instead of coming quietly and resolving a matter, we storm into situations with almost reckless abandon and end up paying for it in the end. How Abraham responds here will be really important, because as Proverbs says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 16 verse 1. Verse 6. But Abram said to Sarai, You are Hagar's mistress. Do anything you want to her. Then Sarai was hard on Hagar, and Hagar ran away. Abram took the calm route, and passed the matter right back to where it belonged. When he did, Sarai took it to an unnecessary extreme and caused even more trouble. Hagar fled. Do you see the irony here? Abram allowed Sarai to go into the Egyptian pharaoh's house in order to preserve his own life. And when the ordeal was over, Pharaoh rebuked him and kicked him out of Egypt. And so he heads home to Canaan. Now, Sarai asked Abram to go into the Egyptian servant who came from Pharaoh's house to continue on Abram's name. And she ended up rebuking him. And finally the maid runs away from her home heading back towards Egypt. In both instances, Abram is caught in the middle of a situation that was intended for good and which turned out to be a headache. Anyway, Abram did exactly the right thing. He handed it back to Sarai. Hagar is her maid, not his, and she needed to handle it. There is a good life lesson for us here. When something should be handled at a lower level, then it needs to be sent back to that level. If something isn't one's direct business, it needs to be sent to the right place to be handled. This will, in the end, save even more grief. Again to the Proverbs we go. He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel not his own, 
is like one who takes a dog by the ears. Proverbs 26 verse 17. Similarly, the issue of our sin needs to be handled at the right level. We do not have the authority to declare ourselves justified to our Creator on our terms. Our culture today is rife with those who misrepresent the simple gospel. We must not let our culture override the authority of the Word of God. At first, even the disciples did not understand that Jesus had to drink from the cup of the wrath of God so that we would not need to. They understood it in the end. Make sure you understand it yourself. Expressing emotion, admitting guilt, being sorry, walking an aisle, or dare I say, rolling around in it, saying a recipe prayer, keeping any part of the law, are often part of gospel tracts and literature. But these things will not save us. We must not rely on our works, not even one. But by the grace of God, which offers us the chance to exercise our God-given human right, simple faith, and faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ. We must recognize that all our good deeds are like filthy rags, and we should instead trust in the goodness and sacrifice of our Lord Jesus, who is descended from Abraham and Sarai, so be nice to them. Consider how God's plan is being accomplished in amazing ways, and all from people's actions that often seem contrary to the way we may think things should have been done. Hallelujah and Amen.